Tzedek Tzedek Tirdov, Laman Tichye, Viarashta et Haaretz Asher Donailo Hacha Noten Lach. Justice, justice, you shall pursue, that you may thrive and inherit the land that Adonai your God is giving. The rabbis raised three obvious questions. The first is, why is the word Tzedek repeated twice? The second question is, why does it need pursuing? And question number three is, what's the connection between that and thriving in the land? Ramban, Moshe ben Maimon, commentator from the 1200s from Gerona, a beautiful place to visit, southern Spain, but then, of course, made his way to the land of Israel and was crucial in the rebuilding of the Jewish community in Jerusalem in the 1200s following the destruction of that community during the Crusades. He explains the repetition by saying that the first tzedek refers to the requirement of judges to themselves pursue tzedek, impartiality. The second tzedek refers to our needing to pursue the judges who have that quality. And then the third is obvious, he said. It is because that who would want to live in a land where the judges aren't this way? Avital Hochstein, in her Hadar Devar Torah on this, exhaustively tries to understand why in this one area we read today, where it talks about how the oaths of office, in a sense, they take. Why is this one of the only areas in Deuteronomy, and for that matter, in general in Torah, when they usually have these dis- kinds of discussions, that we don't hear about the vulnerable, the people that actually justice affects? We don't hear about the widow. We don't hear about the cries of the orphan, of the stranger among us, of the exploited worker. Uh, she answers that question with more of a post-critical thought that it's about the absence here that makes the presence. And sometimes that's a little bit too hard for me to fully understand. So I want to take it in a little bit of a, di- a different direction. That the, the king, the leaders, they come from our brothers. They come from those, as I mentioned last week, that seem to be essentially in a category of color blindness and social status blindness. The idea that just we've heard in the context of you must be fair to those who you understand are your brothers, even though they're actually not your family relations, but because they live in the same land, because they're kinsmen of some sort, even if they're really, really unrelated to you by blood, you see them as brothers. And so that's here. Those leaders should come from, from those. They should be, see themselves as those. But it still doesn't entirely solve the question of where are the victims and why, and what does the pursuit of justice mean here? One could put it another way by saying this. A lot of times we think, I think following the prophets, that pursuing justice means pursuing social justice, correcting society, changing the laws of society, community organizing. But that's not the context we have here, right? It's something about the oaths of office, in a sense, that the leaders um, of our society take. So let's just take a quick look, at, in, in English at least, of the oath of office of the king that Deborah referred to earlier. If after you have entered the land Adonai has assigned to you and taken possession of it and settled in it, and you should decide, I will set a king over me as do the other nations about me, has a reluctance to it because we're not really supposed to follow the ways of other nations here, you shall be free to do so, to set a king over yourself, one chosen by Adonai your God, 
Be sure to set as king over yourself one of your own people, not a foreigner, not someone who's not from among your brothers. And I should add today sisters, even though in here the context would be brothers. Moreover, he shall not keep many horses or send people back to Egypt to add to his horses. The rabbis worry that building wealth among the king could involve making decisions that involve foreign allegiances that are not appropriate. That's, in the, that's really just the main theme of the commentary. Because Adonai warned you, don't go back that way again. So too, the king should not have many wives, lest his heart go astray, nor shall he amass silver and gold to excess. The rabbis focus on this idea of many wives by saying that, well, we've got this problem where we have King Solomon. And King Solomon had a whole lot of wives. And he was always also pretty wealthy. And he also did a lot of good things. And we know he was wise. So what's the problem here? And what they say is this, and I found it interesting. They say the way Solomon took it is he understood that one should not benefit from one's position, monetarily or otherwise. And it says because it will distract you from revering God and bringing justice to society. And so you may get somebody who says to themselves, I get it. I'm here to bring justice to society. I'm here to revere God. And you know what? I'm going to hit that one out of the park. And so the method here of avoiding the wives and the money, it doesn't, it's not important because I'm covering the point of it. I'm covering the fact that I'm pursuing justice and we're doing this good work. And so you don't have to worry about this piece because I'm focusing on the essence of it, which is the purpose of it. And they say that's what led Solomon astray. And that's why the kingdom broke down after his death. And they go on, when he's seated on his royal throne, he shall have a copy of this Torah, this teaching, written for him on a scroll by the Levitical priests, and let it remain with him, and let him read it, it let him read within it all his life, which is weird, because is it while he's on the throne, or is it all his life, so that he may learn to revere Adonai his God, to observe faithfully every word of this Torah, this teaching, as well as these laws. So the rabbis, they're committed to an idea that I interpret differently. So are you telling me that the king hangs out with the whole Torah and like the king's taking the Torah everywhere? Are you telling me that maybe we're talking about the book of Deuteronomy because it's like this scroll? Is it just the scroll of Deuteronomy because it has everything you kind of need and the repetition? And the rabbis are committed to the idea that we got to be talking about the whole Torah. When it's like the king studies this over and over again, we got to be talking about that the king's studying every word of the Torah because they're very, very committed based on the context in which they live that the entire Torah word for word was written on Mount Sinai and, Torah, and, and Moses is carrying around just the way it was. Whereas a Jew like myself, I understand a conservative Jew, a good conservative Jew to believe that we inherit the scrolls of the Torah and the Torah scroll sewn together because it was all intended to come down to us as a whole. But that doesn't mean we need to misread the words of the Torah 
by suggesting that the entire scroll was delivered on Mount Sinai because the Torah does not suggest that. So while the rabbis are committed to this idea, we're talking about the whole scroll. The king's talking about the whole scroll. He's got the whole scroll. And it, it seems a little strange because you want to think that it would be kind of hard to carry that around and study it the whole time. That I want to suggest to you, what if pursuing justice, as the rabbis have already told us, for the leaders, Levitical leaders, the governors, the kings, um, leaders of our institutions, the leaders of hospitals, the leaders of nonprofits. What pursuing justice means is for a moment, not like Solomon being distracted by the overly big picture that we're bringing good to this world. And if we bring good to this world, this tiny little teaching about being careful of self-enrichment, of benefiting, just personally benefiting from decisions that are made by the institutions that I'm leading, what if, if pursuing justice is meant not to be that big view, but to be the very narrow view of repeating over and over to yourself your oath of office? What if the Torah, the teaching that the king is carrying around is no more than the teaching that I read to you? What if it is just that section? Because as many biblical scholars know, and some may disagree with me, Often when the Torah is saying, and that's what this teaching is about, it's referring contextually to just the teaching we just got. And even though the word for teaching is Torah, when it says, and ha-Torah hazot, this teaching, it's referring to the thing that just came before. It's not referring to the whole thing. And so what would it be like if leaders, unlike Solomon, they reread over and over again their oath that no matter what, the justice in society starts with their little piece over and over. Make sure none of your decisions personally enrich you or personally benefit you. There are a lot of ways things can benefit us from our position, and I think that going in the direction of non-monetary things is worth dwelling on for anybody in a position of leadership in an educational institution, a medical institution, a political institution, a religious institution. Can I keep my focus every day? Could I carry around that teaching, which I think it was, on a scroll in my pocket? And I don't have to have all the bylaws. It may not have to be that I have to study the entire Constitution beginning to end, as it is often taken in sermons by people like me. But what if it's just that one oath? every single day. Pursue justice within yourself. Right now, don't think about the potential victims. Well, I'm helping widows and orphans, so I'm doing my job. Think about, am I personally gaining in ways that are subconscious, unconscious, and conscious? I'm allowed to get a good salary. I'm allowed to be paid. But am I thinking about what's happening to me after I leave my position? And what job, what position, what enrichment will be awaiting me them, then? So maybe that's what justice, justice, we must pursue. We pursue it, the, the two justices are, we have to pursue it in ourselves. So then we're worthy of the position we're in. And maybe that's why it actually ends with the idea that basically, if you do this teaching, then all the days of your life, you will really come to revere 
all of the laws and ordinances, then you will really understand the whole thing. I'm trying to remember which commentator it was um, who said, I think it was Rambam, who said that what this does to you, if you take it this way, is you remember the gift of free will. That the whole Torah is about how do you use your free will to follow the path. And if you can focus on this piece, then you'll understand what it means to revere God by using your free will overall.